My name is Nick Wagner Sr. And I am the creator of the Full Potential Podcast. And I, I'm having people telling me we are live. All right, correct. We are live. Okay. So, so uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Uh, if you're here in the U.S. on the East Coast, like Joe and I, good evening. It's 8 o'clock, Sunday night, November 24th. And this is the first uh, episode of the Full Potential Live Show with myself, Nick Wagner Sr. Hello there, everyone. And we are going to have uh, today, Joe Nispoli, who is uh, our guest for tonight, which I'm so excited about. So uh, Joe, uh, you know, I, I think I told everyone that this is the first time we're doing this, right? So there could be some technical difficulties. We tested it. I know we tested it, what, last week, earlier this yep. week? Yeah, we tested it. I've done a lot of testing in general around the uh, how this streaming on LinkedIn Live went, but we're going to give it a whirl tonight. And Joe is love this guy. He was um, willing to try this out with me and be my guinea pig and go on this live show with with me um, for this for this first test. So we're going to try to do this every Sunday night at eight o'clock Eastern time. We're going to interview different guests like Joe and hear their career stories, which is really my podcast. But we're doing it now with with video and audio, which is pretty exciting. And then what we're going to do is some other days where I don't interview guests, we're going to do different career topics. So I'm going to have someone come on, talk about public speaking. I'm going to talk about career development. It's going to be a variety of different topics that we're going to we're going to have on the show. So uh, we're going to give it a whirl tonight. We are recording this. So the plan is we record this with the audio and the video. Hopefully everything works well and it sounds great. And then we actually just turn this right into the full potential podcast and I'll release it to all the major podcast platforms like I typically do when I just do audio. And I was joking with Joe. I never had to like make sure I really looked good before I did, did one of these because the podcast is only audio. So it's a little bit different tonight. So uh, hopefully everyone can see and hear us okay. It looks like from the comments, everyone can. You can look at, you can watch this either from the mobile app or from linkedin.com on any any laptop with a, with a browser. But we are gonna, we're gonna go ahead and, and jump right into it. And so Joe, first, thank you. For, thank you for coming out and making time. Yeah, sure. So, because I know that you're uh, you're always taking you're taking a chance on me here. So, so I'll, I'll share how I know you, Joe, and then I'll let you you give a little bit of intro about yourself, and then we'll jump into the questions. So, I actually met Joe. Um, Joe and I both work at Cigna. We're a health services company, and uh, we met when I managed our early career IT program there. Joe was actually one of the associates in the program, um, and I remember when I met you, Joe. Like you were in the Philly office, I was in the Connecticut office. I didn't know you, and someone like you got to meet Joe, and then we met, and I think. We kind of hit it off the like the first couple times we met, and immediately I could just tell your your personality is infectious. Like you're just fun to be around. You're energetic, and we've had a great relationship ever since. Um, that's been how long now? Like four years, maybe. Yeah, just yeah, it's, it's been a while. So, so I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, you know, quick introduction of yourself, and then we'll jump right into a, a, our discussion. Sounds good, Nick. Uh, yeah, hi everyone. Uh, my name's Jonas Foley. Uh, I'm a guy born and raised in Philly. I'm currently living in uh, Pittsburgh, PA. I worked four years in IT when I came out of school, and then I've worked the past about two years in sales. So I sell life and disability insurance to big businesses. Uh, my territory is Western PA and all of West Virginia. Um, and I've had a lot of roles, I guess, since I've been out of school. I've moved cities almost every year. Um, so it's been a wild ride, but um, it's been a lot of fun. 
So, and, and that's what we're going to hear about tonight. Cause I think one of the reasons I wanted to have you on Joe is that you have a really unique career story. And that's what we like to hear about on this show is really interesting career stories. So we're going to, we're going to jump right into the questions. So, and this is one of my favorite questions I ask my guests, because as you know, I've done probably about 30 of these, these full potential podcasts at this point. When, when you were little Joe, like way back, right? Yeah. Back in elementary school, back in Philly. What did you want to do when you grew up? Oh, God. Uh, first thing I wanted to do when I was younger, uh, I always wanted to play in the NBA. Wanted to be a basketball player. Uh, and I still have to play like two two times a week at least for my mental health right now. But yeah, wanted to play in the NBA because I, I really looked up to Allen Iverson, obviously being from Philly. He was who I looked up to when I grew up. Uh, and I just loved him, you know what I mean? Like he's not the biggest player, he's not the strongest player, even like the best shooter, but he just played with so much heart and uh, just hustled and I really respect that. And I guess I try to emulate that when I play sports and in my job. I, I love that. So how did that uh... – how did that go over with your parents? Did they kind of brush it off as like, this is just like a little kid dream or, you know, when did, how, how long did that go on for? So funny. I probably thought that I was going to go into the NBA way late just because my parents are so freaking supportive of me. I like, didn't really, I remember, I think it was a teacher in a uh, grade school that told me like, okay, you want to be in the NBA, but not many people do that. So what are you really going to do? And I think that's when I was like, Oh wow, maybe I, Maybe I can't make the NBA or something like that. So what what uh, what grade was that? And and do you remember the teacher's name that crushed your dreams? <laughs> no, I will not name her. You will not name her. Okay, that's probably a fair. That's probably fair. That's probably a good, good idea. So what did you what did your parents do um, for, for work as you as you were growing up? Yeah, so I've got the best parents. So my dad was a social worker um, for thirty six years, and then my mom uh, did and does elderly home care. She's a bus aide for special needs students. Um, so my parents have dedicated their lives to serving others. Never made a lot of money, uh, but they've taught me a lot of things like, you know, the importance for putting others before yourself and doing something that betters, you know, those around me. Um, and they kind of just taught me that, you know, if I work hard, I have unlimited potential. And uh, another thing they taught me is I want to make a lot of money because I was used to my, you know, growing up, we not having much and, and yeah. me always hearing that from my, my dad. Um, so so they, had a big, they, had a, they had a big influence then on how you were growing up in your career. Oh, a hundred percent, man. I mean, I feel like everything I do right now is for them. Um, you know, I want to make money, but to give them experiences that they haven't had. Um, that I feel like they deserve. So I try to take them on trips every year and stuff like that. So we just went to Florida uh, a few months ago and California last year was like my, my mom's first time on an airplane since her honeymoon. So trying to take them on trips and stuff like that because they deserve it. Growing that up, I a, everything I ever wanted. So that is a good sound right there. I like, I like to hear that. So we'll fast forward probably around, I guess, my guess would be high school. What was your first job? That, that actually you got paid for. So what, what was the what was the first job and, and how did you end up in that job? Yeah, okay. So I grew up in uh, Delaware County, Pennsylvania, also known as Delco. Uh, and I worked at a local pizza shop actually before, I think I was age 15. I don't even think I was supposed to be working there, but uh, <laughs> started off like wrapping celery, bussing tables, doing dishes, 
Um, and I actually ended up working at that pizzeria for like four years. And after a few years, I ended up being like the longest tenured employee there and ended up, you know, being able to run the shop as my own. Like it was my own business. Um, got to hire friends, staff, set schedules, manage inventory, handle customer service, handle the P&L for the business. So I, I learned wow. so much at that pizza shop, man. I also like just learn the value of a dollar, right? When you're working in a pizza shop, you sweat a lot. Uh, you burn yourself on stuff. You deal <laughs> with tough customers. And I'm making, what, like seven, eight bucks an hour. So it's tough. Um, so it really teaches you the value of a dollar. I'm so thankful for, you know, having a great job now. Um, it's just so, hearing people complain in our jobs now where it's like. No, uh, I get it. I mean, so did you. Did you have dreams at that point of like thinking, okay, maybe I'll be a restaurant owner, an entrepreneur, or did you always know, was the plan always to go to college? Was that something that your parents said, Joe, you're going to college or how, how, how did that play out? Well, that's a good question. I did always have like, I guess an entrepreneur spirit. Uh, I do want to own my own business one day. Uh, but yeah, I, I knew I was going to go to school. I wanted to get that experience of being out on my own. Um, and most of the kids from my high school, you know, they were either going to college, a trade school or like hair and makeup school, something like that. Yep, yep. And I wanted to work at a big company and make good money. So. So, so college, so you always thought you were going to college. So you ended up at Temple. Yeah. In Philadelphia. So, you know, how did you, how did you end up at Temple in, in why Temple and what did you major in? Yeah. So Temple. Um, I went to Temple because it was the best business school for the price. I also had like a top sports management program. It's also going to be close to my family and my grandfather, who I was super close with. Um, and I originally thought I actually wanted to go to St. Joe's, which is our arch enemy school. Um, but uh, I got the financial aid package from that. And it was just straight up disrespectful. So <laughs> I ended up at Temple um, and I loved it. And what what did you what did you major in when you when you went freshman year? Like so when I first met went, um, I was in sports management. Then I ended up switching to finance and accounting. Then I think I was financing and entrepreneurship, and then I ended um, in finance and MIS. So it was a journey over five years. I mean, I think that's I think honestly, I think that's pretty common. I think a lot of people end up um, changing changing roles. So I'm not really surprised by that. Yeah. So, when, when you're, you're, you're at school, did you work during school? Like, did you still work at the pizza shop? Did you get a new job? Let's hear about some of your, your jobs while you were at school. Um, you know, there's, when one, I, there's one that's really going to interest people. I think, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, so in the summer and like winter breaks and stuff like that, I worked at the pizza shop my freshman year, um, brought in my own side restaurant, which was nice. Um, was also the mascot at Temple, so Hooter the Owl. Uh, I did that and got half tuition, so I was pumped about that. But it's like 200 appearances a year, so it was a lot of work. People don't really realize so, that. They think it's just fun. But, how does one become Hooter the Owl? Like, how does that happen? Oh, man. Well, they have like a – so they got two, two interviews. One, like a suit and tie interview, make sure you be a good face of the school. Um and then the other one, you're actually in the costume and uh, they played random songs that I had to dance to and put me in like game day situations where like, you know, Temple football is down 30 points, pump up the crowd and do stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I got Thriller as the songs. Really, I lucked out. 
I would I, I I really wish we had some video footage of that to play right now, but I think we'll I don't I don't know if that's released out of the, the Joe archive, so we'll probably have to wait on that one. No, um, no. What, and then you had a bunch of internships too, right? While you were in college? Yeah. So sophomore year I worked at Johnson and Johnson. So I did a six months co-op there. So I was working full time, taking classes part-time. Uh, and then I worked at Ernst and Young for two summers in client facing roles. I did external audit the first summer and then I did advisory the second summer, which I thought was going to be like management consulting, but it really ended up being more like IT audit. So just different. No. And I mean, I think, I mean, and we, we, we've talked throughout the years, we've known having these internships just gives you so much different experience that you, you wouldn't get otherwise. That's why I think that it's so important to do it. So, you know, so I want I want to talk about so back. You know, you're in college. Was there any because you said you changed majors multiple times? Was there like a, a pivotal life changing event that made you change majors? Was it you know did you do it because a friend did it? You know how how did because I ended up changing majors when I was in school too. But why did you end up changing majors? Yeah, um, yeah, it's actually crazy the way that I came to major in MIS. Um, which is management information systems for those that don't know it's like tech um it was actually like the darkest year of my life and probably the one that changed me the most as a person so my sophomore year i was working at johnson and johnson uh full time i was commuting an hour and 45 minutes each way which is horrible uh, my grandfather had just passed away who i was super close to uh, like I said, I was taking night classes three days a week. I had like mono, living in a fraternity house. It was just like one thing on top of another. Um, and my roommate at the time, who's, you know, one of my best friends still to this day, was addicted to Oxycontin. Uh, and there were days where I wasn't sure if he was going to wake up or not. Um, so he was taking a lot of pills and stuff like that. It was just really horrible. And I was trying to kind of convince him to go see a psychologist. And I told him, you know, I would go with him and it took months of talking to him. You know, he didn't want to go. And one day he finally said, all right, let's, let's go. And I remember we walked into Temple uh, Counseling Services. There was a six week wait to see a counselor. And this is at a time where I don't know if my roommate's going to wake up each day. So it like crushed me. Um, and I just like, I just thought that was awful. Um, so I had this idea um, to build like a peer-to-peer -peer and peer-to-professional um, kind of like a social media site where people could share issues that they're going through with other people who have experienced it. And they could also chat with like certified counselors, so students who are getting their doctor's degree in psychology. And That's really cool. Um, so I had this idea. I ended up pitching it to my MIS professor. He had me pitch it to the department head. Next thing I knew, the senior seminar class was building this app for me, um, and it got launched at Temple, which was pretty cool. And so I worked really closely with the MIS faculty and the students, and MIS is like, I think, a top five program in the country. Um, so I just, I wanted to switch my major to IT. I wanted to start getting involved in that. I wanted to be able to build apps and things like that. And that is how um, I landed in IT. No, that that's, I think that's a I think that's a great story. I think it shows the power of the, the power of how a single experience can can really change the trajectory of your life, right? I mean, you you had you know, you didn't go into college being MIS major, but you saw the power of you know 
technology and how that can help someone. And so I love, I love that story. So, and I'm going to, I just want to, I want to just share real quick. So for those joining, joining right now, we got some new people joining the live stream. I'm here tonight with Jonas Foley. This is the first full potential live show. Thank you. Thank you for everyone on the live stream watching. Uh, hopefully everyone can hear and see everything so well. I'm looking at all the comments, Joe, and it seems like, it seems like all of the tech is working. So that, that is always a good awesome. thing. Awesome. Uh, so again, this is our first time. So I appreciate that. So, so you, you ended up, um, you ended up going to MIS. You said it took you five years. So what's something that you wish you knew today? You you wish you knew, you knew when you graduated from school that you know today. So looking back, right, when you graduated from Temple, that's such a dynamic time in people's lives. You always remember 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 graduation. What's something you wish you knew then that you know now? Ah, oh, that's a great question. I would say don't try to plan everything out. Um, and just enjoy the present more. I'm always like so focused on the future and especially I was in school. Wish I took more time to just enjoy the present. And then also when, you know, looking for jobs and roles, like it's important to find, you know, roles that interest you and good companies, but it's especially important to pay attention to the manager um, because it just makes all the difference. When you have a supportive manager and it's someone you can learn from, it just makes all the difference in your happiness on a week to week basis. So, yeah, no, and I think that's, I think, I think a lot of times people talk about, you know, you're at work 40 plus hours a week and who you work with really can impact what your experience is like. So, I think that's well said. So, you graduate with MIS. How did you end up at Cigna? So, I know, you know, that's where I met you, but how did you end up at Cigna in IT? Um, what was the transition from Temple to your first full time job? Yeah, so I worked at Johnson & Johnson. I was doing tax and financial reporting there. I liked the people that I worked with, but didn't like what I was doing on a daily basis. Then I worked at Ernst & Young. Again, love the people, the company, but just didn't like what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Not to mention EMY. It's very long hours. So I, was, I was very conscious of the people who were you know, in before me and out way after me. And I just was honest with myself and just didn't think that I could do that. Um, full time, just wasn't very interested in that. So I had all these different experiences, but I never experienced the actual role that I wanted to do. So Cigna had this rotational program. So it was three years, every year you rotate in a new position. So I figured that I could find a role I liked through that. Uh, it would give me an opportunity to experience a few different things. Also paid well. And then the opportunity to go abroad was there. Um, so Cigna sent some of their associates abroad which I think is super cool because I didn't have the opportunity to do that when I was in school because I was the mascot. That's, yeah, they don't, they don't need the mascot overseas. I understand that. So what when you were, and, and obviously I know because I, I've worked with you, but for our audience, what were your roles within IT? What were your three roles you did within IT during your time in the program? Yeah, so I actually had four roles in IT before I left to go to sales. Started off as a project manager. Um, then I moved over to a pretty unique role on a small innovations team where we were like evaluating startups and new technologies and figuring out whether Cigna should partner with them, um, acquire them, or just a stake in them. So that was a really interesting role. Um, then I went over to Glasgow, Scotland. I lived there for six months. There I was doing social media listening and analytics and supporting a bunch of our international companies, um, You know, starting up on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and just giving them you know, advising their marketing team on what they should be posting, what what people are posting in the industry that's working and not working. 
And then the last role I had, um, it was one of the most interesting. I moved to Hartford, Connecticut, uh, which is not my favorite place, no offense, but uh, I, there I was working at my, I had a role was split 50, 50. So I was working on this small four person team when Cigna was trying to win or retain a really big account. Think like the top 1% of accounts at Cigna, our team would go in, we think of like different experiences or apps we could build custom for clients that are, is going to push them over the edge to choose Cigna over one of our competitors. Um, and then the other piece of the role was just being the product owner for Cigna. We have a virtual reality product where you can uh, meditate in different locations. So I owned that product, took it around the country and things like that. So it's pretty neat opportunity. So, I mean, it sounds like you had a, a, um, a really good experience in IT. Explain to me how you ended up in sales and, and, our, and our guests. Why make the move from IT to sales? Um, it was a few reasons, I think. Uh, one, I loved that I had the opportunity to have on-capped earnings in sales. You know, I felt like as hard as you work, you get rewarded for that in sales, um, which is great. Um, I also wanted to see a new side of the business that I haven't seen before. Uh, which has been super valuable to me and very eye-opening. I wanted to understand what it's like to really be client-facing. And then I always wanted to learn how to sell. I just feel like it's a great thing to know, especially for someone who wants to own their own business one day, need to be able to learn to sell. So do you feel that your time in IT helped differentiate you from the other sales professionals that you're competing against? Because obviously, I don't think having an IT background is a, is a typical career path for someone who's in sales, right? No, I haven't met any tech people in sales or yeah, in this at all. Um, yeah, I think it's given me a leg up a bit. I mean, through that role, you know, the social media listening role, I figured out like the importance of social media. So I ended up being the number one social seller in the company on LinkedIn. Um, also just really good at design and creative presentations, newsletters that are really gonna capture people's attention. Um, and then I guess also, um, I'm super into health tech, so I'm always paying attention to what hat, what apps are out there, what's going on in the industry, and keeping my clients and brokers completely up to date on that. So how? So you're in sales now. It's it's been you know I think over a, I think what a year and a half I think. So how how is it going? Like how has the transition been? You know, and how how are you doing? Oh man, I love it. Um, meeting a lot of new people, building relationships. Um, providing people with a product that I believe in and think it's important to have. So things are going well. I'm having a very good year. And so, cause obviously you, you, you ended up going to school for IT, you're in IT for four different rotations. You decided to switch to sales. Were people, were, were people like your parents supportive of this change? And, and you know, when you told them as an example, so I know you're close to them. What was the, what was the reaction? Were they surprised? Were they happy? What did they say? You know, my parents are always ultimately supportive with whatever I want to do, but my dad was very tough on me for this decision. Uh, he really wanted me to stay in IT um, for a couple reasons. One, he liked the idea of me having a steady paycheck every other week. Uh, and then two, he just thought I was in a good spot. You know, I was on the, the right trajectory to, you know, become a senior leader in IT before a lot of people my age. So. He just felt like I was doing really well there. Why leave that all behind? I mean, that's what parents are for, right? That's what they do. They, they're, they're, they're there to look out for, for their kids. So you ultimately ended up moving to sales. Yep. You didn't have sales experience. 
you know, how did you, how did you end up becoming good at sales? Right. I mean, how, how does, I mean, I know you have the personality for it, but having the personality for it is different from being good at it. So you obviously had, you had, you had good tech background, you had good health, health, health background, healthcare background. How did you end up getting good at sales? Like, what did you do? Ah, how, how did, how did you transform? I guess is my question. I would say one surrounded myself with the right people. Um, so I chose a great team. Uh, I love the manager that I have right now. He's just super supportive. Um, and we just have like a team full of a players. So most of the guys on our team make gold circle, which is like, you know, the top 20% of reps in the country every year. So I'm, you know, just picking their brain and just being a sponge around them. Um, Two is, I also, I guess, you know what helped me is I started doing stand-up comedy a bit around Pittsburgh. So also just helped me be kind of quick on my feet um, and get, you know, really good at public speaking and making people smile and laugh because that's the goal. Like, you know, every meeting I have with a client or broker, it's, you know, to kind of try to make their day. Well, and, and it's, value. you have to inter, inter, interface with them to figure out, I mean, you're the face of the company when you're meeting with them, right? So I think you putting them at ease obviously makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very interesting. I know the stand-up comedy thing is cool. Uh, are you still doing that now? Uh, I've kind of chilled out a little bit with it um, just because I'm in grad school right now too and it, it's been busy season. So between grad school and that, I've been pretty pretty darn busy. We'll have to do a, um, a Jonas Bully stand-up session on, on here one night and see how that goes. <laughs> uh, I don't know what LinkedIn will think of that, but so, so let's, let's, let's pivot. So it sounds like things are going really well. It was, did you, you know, did you set out to be at the beginning when you, when you moved to sales, did you set out to have like a big goal of like, I want to accomplish this from a sales perspective, you know, how, you, you set any other big goals for yourself at this point? I mean, I know you're in grad school, share with us, you know, a little bit about how you set goals for yourself. Yeah, um, so I'm very big into uh, setting goals and writing them down. Um, so when I first took this, when I took the job, I had training in Texas with all the other rookies in the country. And uh, I set my goal was to be X million dollars in premium, which ended up being like 400% of my goal was the uh, was what my goal was. Right. They have 400% of the annual sales goal. And uh, I remember a few, one of the rookies in particular was telling me that I should set lower goals for myself so I I wasn't disappointed. And a lot of people were laughing at me too because West Virginia, they were just saying it was a tough territory. Um, and But sure enough, I, I had a good laugh with that person because as of a couple months ago, I'm sitting at 420% of my sales goal for the year. So very excited about that. It just goes to show you, you know, set big goals. You'll surprise yourself. No, that, that's, that's uh, so is this something that do you, do you set big goals for yourself regularly just in life or does it kind of depend on the situation? Uh, I try to set them almost quarterly for myself uh, goals inside of work and then outside of work. And then like task with how, how am I going to accomplish those goals on like a weekly basis? What are the, action steps and that's and that's worked well yeah that's where that's worked really well that's interesting no i i think that's something that a lot of people don't spend enough time doing and i think it's there's one thing to focus on goals at work but i think focusing on goals outside of work for you know your 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 personal goals is why i think is really important i think unfortunately we don't always spend enough time doing that so i think that's uh i think that's good advice yeah. so so 
you're still really young in your career. I mean, we won't give away your age, but you haven't been out of school that long. You're, you're relatively young. So in your short career, because it's, it's short, you know, by a lot of standards, biggest accomplishment and biggest failure at this point. Uh, biggest accomplishment and failure. I would say, um, I think biggest accomplishment is just, um, you know, how far, far that I've come at this point and the experience I have for only being uh, 28 years old, you know what I mean? Like living abroad, had the opportunity to work under Cigna CIO and VP of customer experience, uh, pitched the board of directors, led a big development program, ran town halls quarterly to people, um, hopefully win rookie of the year this year while I'm finishing grad school. So I think it's just that, uh, I think it's just, yeah, those experiences, man, I've worked really hard, uh, to get those. And I guess the thing I learned from that was um, you don't need to be the smartest or the most well-connected. Like I had zero connections outside of school at Cigna and things like that. And uh, if you're willing to hustle and be nice to people and just crush the task that's in front of you every day and just don't get down when obstacles arise, right? you're set. So what about biggest failure? Big, biggest thing that you wish had gone differently that you learned from? I would say biggest failure, I would think that a couple different times throughout my career, I guess sophomore year is a great example of it. I was just doing, I was just doing way too much, yeah, way too much. And I was very on unhealthy, just like, you know, poor mental health, not having to do uh, time to do anything I liked. Um, and, you know, I just learned from that, you know, life can end any day. Um, so just over, overextending yourself, saying yes yeah. to too many things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. So so this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate you making time. We always end um, my podcast, which is what we're doing right now, live podcast. Uh, I always ask my guests, what is what is some advice for my audience that you can give them for them to help re reach their full potential? Right. You know, we always excel to be the best versions of ourselves. So what is some advice that you can give the audience? Um, that served you well. Nice for the audience. Um, I would say three things. One, and we talked about it before, set goals that scare you, right? Because you can't hit a bullseye if you're not aiming at one. Um, the second thing is rid yourself of negative people. Get or, get Just get rid of them. You don't want them in your life. Um, strong believer in you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, I think that's so important to have good people around you that's inspiring you and, you know, they believe in you. And then the last thing is just trying new things and get outside your comfort zone. I mean, that's when I've, I've felt like the most alive in my life is, you know, try and stand up, do an improv, move into cities where I don't know anyone, um, taking a big shot in basketball and things like that. Um, I just think that's when you grow the most is when you do those things that make you super uncomfortable. Yeah, no, well said. So uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it seems like this was successful. We didn't have any uh, technical difficulties, I don't believe. So Good. what we're going to do is uh, we're going to release this. I'm going to release this recording uh, on, on YouTube. We're going to take the audio, turn it into the podcast, release that this week. Uh, you can find the podcast on all major platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., and uh, look for another uh, episode of the Full Potential Live Show next Sunday, December first, eight PM Eastern Time. We got we're having two guests uh, that that night, so we're doing the first time. I'll we'll have three three people on this at one time. So, Joe, thank you for for 
taking the leap with me and doing LinkedIn Live. And I appreciate you making time. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about our movement, please visit our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. You can also find us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube. Thank you again, and we hope you come back to hear another episode.